0: My guests this week are Sarah and Tilly Lockie, a mother and daughter from County Durham who are testing the prosthetics of the future.
1: Just so proud, man. You couldn't be more proud of this girl. Thanks, ma'am. ever be.
0: (laughs) At nine, Tilly Lockie became the first child in the UK to be fitted with a hero arm, a bionic prosthesis with life-changing possibilities.
2: I can do a two hold like that, like a pinch
0: pinch like this, yeah?
2: Then if I press it again, I can do the even smaller, only one finger like that, wow. and then also a point, <laughs> like so.
0: Now at the age of 15, is busy supporting engineers to co-design the artificial limbs of the future for children and young people everywhere. But the seeds of Tilly's incredible journey were planted more than a decade ago, when she fought off a deadly strain of meningitis. Tilly had been a healthy baby at 15 months, she was struck down suddenly by the virus. I'm Ian Wright, and from something else, this is Everyday People. To begin, Tilly's mum, Sarah, is gonna tell me the details that Tilly is just too young to remember. A heads up that we start with a story that some listeners may find upsetting.
1: My mom shouted me into the into the kitchen and she went, Sarah, you got to come see this. And I went in and she had like bruise, like awful bruise, like marks like all over our nappy area. That was terrifying. Like I, I remember just pulling a tumbler off the draining board and pressing it against our skin and the mark didn't go away. And I was mm. like, oh my God, I think it's meningitis. And I ran to the phone and I rang an ambulance. I grabbed a hold of her and I ran out the door and I thought it's, if I can meet the ambulance at the end of the street, it's like, it's a second quicker, do you know I mean? I just remember reading, like, meningitis, you need to, like, fight against time.
0: So now you're going to the... What was the ambulance journey like?
1: She was strapped up, like, to the, to the monitors. Her stats were off the scale, um, and she was drifting in and out of consciousness. These marks were appearing before my eyes. Like, they oh were, like... Gosh raindrops hitting puddles, you know, like that. It's like you could see them just appearing, like on our neck, on our face, all over our body. And she was drifting in and out of consciousness and I felt useless. Absolutely, utterly useless. And I was like, I'm a mom, I'm a mom, and I'm supposed to, like, protect her.
0: Oh, my God. What did the doctor say, Sarah? What did the doctor say at this point?
1: When the ambulance door flung open, Mm -hmm. they were there. They grabbed a hold of Tilly and ran with her. And this woman came over to me and she went... Um I think you need to sit down. And then she goes, Um we think your daughter's gonna die. And I was just like, What? If I can just remember feeling like I'm in a dream, I'm in a nightmare, and this cannot be happening to Tilly.
0: So from the time you got there to the point when she says you need to sit down, how long was that?
1: 17 minutes. Oh my
0: god. So I in mean, 17 minutes they already made the diagnosis that she's not gonna make it.
1: Yeah, it wasn't confirmed at that point when she made that diagnosis that what it actually was they believed that it was a form of meningitis Mm. um but they were taking blood samples out of her and testing them quickly in labs when the consultant arrived he confirmed Mm. that it was meningococcal septicemia strain b which was a form of meningitis which at that time there was no vaccination against and um kids die of this so they're saying that she's, she, she might go. So then what happens? So they said, right, what we're going to do is we need to close her body down and basically put her in a, into an induced coma and just keep her alive with by machines because we need her to be as rested as possible so that if she does show signs of fighting it, then she's got the strength to fight it. So they said, so come, come and see her before we close our body completely down. I think really they were telling us to say goodbyes because they did not think that she would open her eyes, but like, we were like, we're not saying goodbye to her. Um, and I can just remember like saying t- into our ear, like, don't give up, don't stop fighting, just keep listening to our voices. We're with you every step of the way, just keep fighting. So from that time, when do you get to
0: find out that actually she's going to be okay?
1: First sign she was okay, it was four days when she was in intensive oh care. Oh my God, what did you do in those four days? Uh, we, we lived at the hospital. We didn't leave our side. She was in intensive care 24 hours and we, we just prayed. We just, I, I just lay by our bed, just like with my head on our bed praying. Like, to be honest, I've never prayed so much in my life. Every waking hour that I had, I did not stop saying a prayer. Oh gosh. I just felt like I just needed needed to feel like I was doing something. Get ready for the greatest roast of all
3: time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th
1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now.
0: What are you into? Talking. Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
0: So then, when, when did you get the, um, the news that Tilly is, is, is kind of fighting through? When did you get the news?
1: The consultant that had spoken to us in Durham, he did his rounds every morning and I used to shake every time I saw him. On the fourth day he came around and um, he looked at us, he smiled, he winked and he just went, I can't believe I'm saying this. He goes, "She's, she's doing it, she's fighting it. And I just, honestly, I've got goosebumps now just saying that to you. I just dropped to the floor, like, in tears. Like, and the nurses even started crying that were looking after her on the on the one day. They were like, oh, my God, we're not allowed to do this. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? And not allowed to get attached. But, like, everybody was just so, like, how the hell this kid has come through this disease? Like, they give her 0% chance of survival, but she did it.
0: Tilly's fighting spirit had amazed nurses and doctors, but although she'd beaten the odds, doctors warned that Tilly wasn't out of the woods yet.
1: At that point, he says, but, Mm. and he pulled the blanket off her. He goes, Mm. you can see that it's devastated her body. Already you could see that her hands were completely black and hard, and she had patches on her knees and her toes. Really, really painfully sore." for her. and that there will have to be amputations.
0: Amputations. Right then, in that moment, it became clear to Sarah that her daughter's life would never be the same again.
1: People have said to me, like, how did that feel? Like to be told that she could have amputations and I was just like, at that point, all I wanted was my baby back. Mm. Like, I will cross any bridge. She could have been deaf, dumb, blind, yeah. like anything. I just needed to have my baby back, and I, I always said that I would just give her the best life I possibly could.
0: Doctors amputated Tilly's hands. In recovery, Sarah made her daughter a promise. One day, somehow, she'd give her back her hands. Back at home, there were months of healing and rehab ahead and new challenges to adapt to. But mum and daughter were determined to face them together.
1: She was always so full of energy, even before she got ill. Obviously, when she first lost her hands, she had a few tantrums. She was like, I can't do it. I doubted myself a lot of what I could do. How old was you then? Uh, About About three, I would say. But like, I speak of a time where like we were in a room and the door closed behind her and... I went to open it and I I held myself back and I was like, Actually, no. I know she can do this herself. She's mm. gonna have to learn. So I, she'd said, "Mummy, door, can you open it, please?" And I was just like, "No, Tilly, you can do that yourself." And she threw a tantrum. She's like, "I can't." Ma, I for got goodness' no sake, over the door! I've got she, no. Hands. Yeah, she oh. was like, and it was upsetting. But I, I said, "No, Tilly, look, you can, you can, you try, try, try hard." And then she just. She I was like, around. "Oh, I'll try just to shut her up." <laughs> <laughs> so she tried, and you know what? It didn't take her too long. She opened that door all by herself, and. And then I'll never forget the smile on her face when she turned and she looked at me and she realized she'd achieved it. Mm. And from that moment, she just had a complete different mindset. I think that was definitely the turning point In my life, when I decided,
2: like, yeah, I can be dependent and rely on you and anybody else to do things for me. Mm -hmm. Or I can take charge and do things myself, even if some things I have to do a little bit differently. And
1: I think as well, just like where we just surrounded her with so much love, Mm -hmm. like not just from us, but from the community. Like, she's just had so much love in her life.
0: Sarah wanted to give Tilly every opportunity in life. So when Tilly turned two, they decided to explore prosthetics. But finding the perfect model wasn't easy. What kind of prosthetics did the NHS offer tilly what was what was it like at that stage
1: they offered a I've got it here they offered a oh
0: this.
1: gosh it's a hook
0: if you didn't get that already, they offered Tilly a hook
1: so it's like it's like two prongs that's tied together to it on with an elastic band
0: let me see it tills <laughs> and so that's it.
1: So there's like a little hook on the side where a harness would attach and then that would go around our shoulders right. and it would attach to the thumb. She was two. Oh my gosh. And like to be honest, she just she was she was scared of it. I haven't got any photographs of her looking. wearing it. <laughs> it's and
0: it's scary. It's like <laughs> makes you reminds me of like Captain Hook. Or something. That's it's exactly it. Thing. She
1: she would go around and she would be like chasing our sister oh my around God. the room. With did it. not use it as a hand whatsoever. <laughs> no. Didn't associate it with a hand. She would be like, "I'm Captain Hook." <laughs> so, <laughs> t-
0: so Tilly, tell me about some of the, the early time with the hands. Like we've seen that there. That looks like. So you were two then. When did you get to an age where you was using one that was half decent or something? Because that just looks so prehistoric.
2: Yeah, I mean, it totally does. I mean, it was given to us in a brown paper bag. So the whole experience was just a bit off, to be honest. And then as we went to leave, there was a woman who came running after us. And she asked just what they'd given us just out of curiosity. Mm. And we showed her and she just gasped and she went, you know what, that is what they gave me the exact same thing. 25 whole years ago, Jesus. and it had not changed in the slightest, like the format, the functionality, nothing had changed whatsoever. So, I mean, this, as you can imagine, this was a bit of a nasty shock to us yes. when we first got into it, and we just knew, that, like, there had to be something better.
0: And was there? Was there anything better? Well, was, was that the only options?
2: All we were offered was a glove for the longest time, right. but I was never trying to hide the fact I had no hands. We never really understood why. Yeah. Like, why do I want a glove? I'm not trying to blend in. I just want something that's going to help me, you know what I mean?
0: So they decided to go private and tried out a battery-powered electric hand. It was flesh-coloured and completely lifelike, but expensive and not very practical.
2: This is the private one that we got. As you can see, it's like pretty realistic. I would try it on, but it doesn't fit me anymore, unfortunately. Mm. This was based off of my older sister's hands. So it has all the wrinkles, all the freckles, fingernails that you could paint. Mm. The lot, it's got it all.
0: Does it move at all?
2: It moves a little bit. Yeah, basically, the it's basically only the thumb, really, that moves, thumb. like, up and down. Yeah, and it didn't even open wide enough to hold, like, a cup or a fruit chute. What were the
0: kids like with you, with, with your hand?
2: Well, to be honest, if I was wearing them and I wasn't moving them, mm. then it was like just a normal hand people just thought it was a hand yeah. it was the fact that they looked so realistic but moved so robotically that kind of creeped a lot of people out because right. they didn't know whether they were real or whether they were fake so i got an awful lot of stares i remember that like i couldn't walk across the street without everybody's eyes being on me and i was asked about it a lot yeah usually the kids were fine after you explained the whole situation and moved on but it was always like i would find myself wearing these hands I felt like for the comfort of other people and then I would take them off whenever I wanted to do something like practical, Mm. like even just opening a door, I couldn't do with these hands. so.
0: Was that it? Those are the options? That
2: was pretty much it. There really wasn't much
1: else. and I can remember being at an appointment and just saying like, what else is there? Is there anything else?
0: You know, Sammy, I can only look from my side and thinking, you know what I mean, that there's so many clever people around. Especially when you just said there, Tils, that, Tilly, sorry, I keep shortening people's names. No, I hate doing that.
3: It's all right, we're friends you. in
0: <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, Tilly, is that especially when the one what you showed me, you said the lady got the same one 25 years earlier. So now you've got to that stage. Are you disappointed?
1: I think my frustration was there was never anything available for kids. Mm. So there was more available for adults, but just nothing for children. Right. Um, and... The, the answers that I would get was like, well, because of the cost of them, they cost a lot of money. So like having to upgrade them all the time would just be- Because you're the, growing as a child, yeah, obviously. It's extortionate for mm. price. And then it's also the technology that couldn't shrink it down small enough to right. fit into the size of a child's hand.
0: They'd gone through just about every model available on the market, but they still hope for something different. Something that was functional, but also unique.
2: When we were using the realistic ones, that was a point where we kind of realized, okay, there needs to be something better. But technology was not advancing. We were being told no. So we kind of were forced to take a break for a little bit. And then 3D printers came
1: on the scene. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's That's when it got cool.
0: Right. In what way?
1: I'd started researching into prosthetics and like different prosthetic companies that maybe we could offer like Tilly to be a user and give feedback on technology. And then I'd heard about 3D printing. I just happened to put in um, prosthetic hand 3D printing and then up came Open Bionics and their appeal.
0: Open Bionics, a tech startup specialising in customizable prosthetics. They were looking for a young, below the elbow amputee to help test their designs.
1: And I was like, my God, it just seems like faith that I've stumbled across this. We just really wanted to get involved. They were doing such amazing
2: things. They collaborated with Disney and Marvel. They were making Star Wars arms, Iron Man arms, Elsa from Frozen arms.
0: They wrote a letter about their journey and caught the attention of the company's bosses. Here's Sam.
2: Today's application was really heartfelt. She
4: felt like she had a great need, like she really wanted to find prosthetics that were actually for built for her and she made a very good point that like she felt like all of the other prosthetics that are available in the world were not built for her they were mass made they weren't bespoke they weren't unique they didn't make her feel like these were her hands and that was that spoke to the mission of open bionics like we wanted to create bionic hands that cha- championed people with disabilities we wanted to champion their individualism and their uniqueness and celebrate what makes them different. And Tilly got that immediately. She was only nine.
0: At just nine years old, Tilly was fitted with the Hero Arm, a bionic arm powered by intuitive, cutting-edge technology. Tilly's new arms opened up a world of possibilities. You became the first child to to be fitted with the hero.
1: In the UK, yes. Mm. Yeah, first
2: child in the UK that they were doing it with. So I got all my measurements with the orthopedic people yeah. and then they fit me up with it. We got straight into it. The first arm oh I got was actually based off of a video game called Deus Ex. And it was really, really cool. Instantly, I was going to all these tech events. I got to go to San Diego Comic-Con. I was there just strutting my stuff, honestly, like <laughs> like it was a catwalk, just running around with my vernic arms.
4: So Tilly first wore these really advanced multi-grip bionic hands um, when she was nine years old. And as soon as she put the arms on, she was using it immediately. Her, her learning time was like five minutes. Um, and she was just operating the hand. She was picking up, I think, a tennis ball that she threw at a window. It's really funny. Um, and over the years, she has really adapted the, the devices to make the devices work for her.
0: Tilly, can you, can you show me the arm? Can you show me it?
2: Sure, I'm more than happy to.
0: <laughs> Look how cool it looks, man. Look. It's so cool. Tell me about it, Tills, it looks so cool. What was it like that first time, Tilly, that you, you put that arm on?
2: Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. Honestly, just instant power. Like you put it on and you just instantly feel like a superhero because it's like what, it's what you see in like the Marvel films and everything. I love the fact that it was almost enhancing the difference rather than hiding it, which I'd done my whole life and I didn't want to do. But it was awesome. Like, I put it on, they gave me like a bunch of props. Mm. So I was having some fun with that, causing absolute chaos, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it was so much fun.
0: Can you do some stuff with it? Because I love the way it sounds. You sound yeah. like something out of like Avengers Assemble,
2: some Bionic Arm ASMR. <laughs> So if I press the button, it kind of works like a menu system, there's a bunch of different things I can do. And if I press the button, I can do a two hold like that, like a pinch. It's
0: like a pinch like this, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then I can do, this is called the tripod. I like to use it as a peace sign more than anything else. (laughs) Then if I press it again, I can do the even smaller, only one finger like that. Wow. And then also a point, (laughs) like so. Can you point any
0: finger like that you want? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes, yes I can
0: <laughs> I think that is just absolutely awesome
2: It brings me like so much confidence instantly I'm a very confident person anyways But I love putting my hands on and then like walking outside. Just if I'm going shopping, then I'll 100% manage to uh, keep the arms with me. A lot of people think the gloves a lot of the time, mm. which I kind of think is a compliment to the company really. Yeah, that means yeah. they move really, really fluently for people to mistake them as a glove.
0: You see with your, like, your cool gear as well, you look like you, you, you know your stuff with the fashion side of things. Is that important to you with your arms as well and how you want your arms to be seen?
2: Definitely, I love matching it up to my outfit. I look at these more than just a medical device. Mm -hmm. I mean, not only the way I look at them, but the way everybody else has reacted to them and Mm -hmm. how excited people get by it. It's really exciting for me and it makes me want to experiment so much more. I always match them up to my outfits. Like they're more of a medical device to me. I like to think of them as also a fashion accessory. And I just think they look really cool.
0: Have you got something to do with how it looks and everything like that? Did you have some input?
2: There's a couple of features inside of the arm, which I invented. My favourite being this freeze. So I'm going to have you pay attention to the button on the back.
0: Right. Ta-da!
2: <laughs> Hear Whoa. that beep, everyone on the podcast? Yes. So what that's does that do? me. That's me entering freeze mode. Now, no matter what I do with my muscles, because I'm muscle operated, yeah. the hand will not open. And what's this really good for? Well, it's great for like just extra bit of reliability. I think I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I was trying to interview my sister, believe it or not, with like a microphone. And I just kept holding the microphone and then tipping it over to her and like kind of dropping it. The hand mm-hmm. would open on its own. So I was speaking to them about that and they implemented the freeze button.
0: So, Teddy, tell me about some of the things you've been doing, like online and what you do.
2: Well, I'm all over social media, any platform you can find me. So I do a lot of modeling on Bionicoms. I also do a lot of motivational speaking. So I talk about confidence and like my story, how I got to where I am today, that mindset that I possess and have done my whole life. I'm also always doing makeup tutorials. I do different fun videos like that, Q and A's answering anyone's questions and also giving information to other users of the Bionicom just to let them have someone to look at and like think how they can use it for themselves.
0: And what about the cool media things you've been doing online?
2: Oh, the cool media things. Where do I start? (laughs) It's my favourite thing ever. I mean, I love social media with a passion. I just love doing it so much. I've gotten to do so many incredible things. With the motivational speaking, Mm. I was able to uh, speak on a panel with the Dalai Lama. That was (laughs) pretty wild. I I saw the
0: picture and I think, oh my gosh, she's with the Dalai Lama. What was it like? What was he like?
2: It was crazy, incredible. I mean, it was live streamed to like 70 plus countries, like a ridiculous amount of people saw that live stream. Everybody had the hands out to like, I don't know, give him a high five or something. Mm. So I joined in with my boy in a and I held it out. And he just, as soon as he got to me near the front, he like stopped, he took a step back and he just went, oh. And I was like, <laughs> hi. And then he was like, so excited by it. When he sat on the panel and then I went up to join him later on, he was like clapping, he was so excited. They was like, hey, that's the girl I met earlier? So it was really cool and incredible experience. Definitely, like, probably at the top of my list, I would say.
0: My gosh. It's, it's really weird because I, I, I'd love to meet the Dalai Lama, but I don't know what I, I'd probably say. Honestly, it's amazing.
2: Like, I was told from like four years old and given all these prosthetics, like, I needed to hide, but... I knew in myself that I was never trying to hide and I was told that I never had to hide by the people I loved in my life. And I know so many people who are amputees and I'm not just doing it for amputees and people with limb differences, mm. just people who feel insecure in yeah. general, just to look any different. And like, I've been told, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. I was told I wouldn't walk. I was told yeah. I wouldn't live. I was told I wouldn't run. I was told yeah. I'd never play the piano. So I learned how to play the piano. Like just little things like that. I mean, it's not really little, isn't it? But people like tell you time and time again that you can't do something it doesn't mean like that's factual. Like you can still do that. And to be honest, when people People tell me i can't do something now that encourages me to go out my way and just do it just to prove the wrong
0: tilly was building a huge following online a platform caught the attention of teachers at Notty ash primary school in liverpool here's chris
5: so here at our school we have uh, we've got lots of children that have additional needs and um, what we wanted to help those children to be able to do, as well as all the children in the school, we wanted to allow them to celebrate the differences between each other and kind of not look at them as negatives. Uh, I don't even remember how we found her, Um, but then when we started to look at Tilly's story, uh, the children just couldn't take their eyes off what we were talking to them about. The more we got into it, the more questions came about, well, what is a hero arm or what is meningitis? So what started off as probably three lessons on Fact Files turned into probably four or five weeks of uh, Tilly, basically. Uh, We wrote a biography on her. We wrote Fact Files on her. We did descriptions of her hero arms. uh, And then we even went into kind of a whole design process where the children design their own bionics. And all of that came from Tilly because she kind of shows off her bionics and her hero arms and she made them cool um, to an extent where everybody in my class now wants one
0: What's that like, Tils, to hear them say so stuff like? So
2: nice to hear. Honestly, it makes me actually want to cry <laughs> because I've seen the the little designs that they've done for their own bionic arms. Should they ever need them, really, in the future? And honestly, it fills me with so much joy because that is exactly what I was like drawing this is my dream bonacom i want a projector i want in, and to see that all these kids are having so much fun designing their own bonacoms like it is something to be proud of and cool because it is and i think that i inspired that and mm. that they were so interested
1: <laughs> it's the cutest thing it's ever. Just, it's, i want to hug them all it's taken like the stigma away from like what a prosthetic was Do you yeah. know what I mean? and yeah. making them not like so ugly and make them actually really cool and people want to wear them
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, I was going to say as well, Tilly, in respects of what options you'd probably like to to see maybe 10 years from now. Are you constantly thinking about um, upgrading it and what can be better and things like that? I was reading something about buttons, really small buttons, what I would probably take for granted. Are those the kind of things you're thinking about, things that people can actually properly make sure they could do everyday things with these prosthetic arms and ear arms.
2: Of course, I mean, there's three specific things that are very, very particular finger movements. Mm -hmm. And that is, like you said, doing like tiny, tinsy little buttons up. Mm. So it's doing fiddly little buttons like that. It's shoelaces, which is very annoying. And the last thing is like tying your hair up in a (gasps) bobble. And three things that are really everyday things that cause the biggest inconvenience, I think, not only for me, but for like so many other people, like those three things, I feel like if they could get them down in a prosthetic, I would be overjoyed. Like I I would actually be overjoyed.
0: So Tilly, being an influencer and and doing a lot of stuff online, like you mentioned, um, what's your mission now? You're just going to continue doing great stuff like you're doing?
2: Well, my mission is I want to continue doing what I'm doing, continue with the motivational speaking, Mm. continue working with Open Bionics. I've got so many big ideas and I can't wait to actually get there and get them available, not only for me, but for all the other kids who are going to benefit from that. I feel like future and fashion and technology are going to come together so much in the next couple of years. And I can't wait to see
1: that and just show everyone how cool they really can be. And can I just say my challenge really is like, i i just think these arms are like so incredible and so much more useful than mm. what the nhs already offer yes. so like i just think having a choice of what limb that you wear is a complete and utter human right yes and that yes. they should be available on the nhs so that's like my 100 like that's what my i want to be able to do is like just to try and Get further mm. with that, and, and give everyone access. To yeah, it. everyone needs access to these arms.
0: One of the visuals that I can't get out of my head at the moment is the first time you got the bionic arm. I'd love to have seen that because you can imagine what it's like for for children with prosthetic arms, and how much they would probably want that that want that to happen. So you'd have to feel that. What more do you need to do for them to understand that it's needed? And not only just for the fact that it's going to be more functional, and we've heard about all the unbelievable ways that Tilly uses it, but the fact is that it makes you feel good.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I've always said. Like, it's got, as well as having such a huge physical, like, yeah. effect, It's such a great medical device physically, like, it helps so much. It also helps so much mentally as well. And I know for me personally, and so many other users so far, like, mental health has absolutely skyrocketed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of, us being told that we had to hide to now people being excited and wanting to shake your right. hand. It's such a great like transformation, and I think everybody deserves to feel like that.
0: What you must like most about having a platform in respects of being able to 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 get your, your voice heard and talk about prosthetics and everything. But what's it like when people come to you and say, thank you for being so cool. And you know what I mean? You are so cool. What's, what's that like? That Honestly,
2: feeling? it's so, so amazing. It's like, it's definitely got to be the best part to it. Like it just completely bakes you day. I can't even put it into words, like seeing, um a message to me saying thank you so much tilly you've given me so much confidence oh i have to take a screenshot every time i see <laughs> it and i've got like a collection and it honestly makes me so happy because that's why i'm doing it i, I just try to be what i would have wanted to see when i was younger like it's nice to see that your difference as well could be so widely accepted and yeah. appreciated by yeah. such a big following you know mm. so it's it's honestly incredible like i Nothing
0: like it. I, I, Sarah, I can't understand. I'm, I'm listening to Tilly and seeing how effervescent. is, how brave she is, how brilliant she is, beautiful she is. Where does she get that unbelievable drive and personality and strength?
3: <laughs> From
1: me, obviously.
0: <laughs> it's so inspiring, Tills. It's so inspiring. <laughs> Just sitting here listening to you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Sarah, listening to everything that's happened now and, you know, how far till he's come. What's it like when you look back on everything what's happened?
1: Wow. Uh, I can remember like a nurse coming into um, into the room when she survived and she just went, you know what? You've got one special little girl and she's survived for a reason. How comes they, how comes they knew, Sarah?
0: They knew <laughs> yeah. she's got yeah. a special purpose.
1: She's definitely got a special purpose. And you just, oh, I'm just so proud, man. You couldn't be more proud of this girl. She's just like overcome our own barriers and just... Trying to help other people overcome theirs. And it's like she's just got such a caring, sunny nature about Mm. her. And she just wants all the best for everybody. So, like, I'm just the proudest parent. Thanks, uh... Mom.
0: (laughs) I'm going to be there, Tills, right behind you now for, (laughs) for life. So inspiring, honestly. Thank
2: you so much. It's definitely been a journey. It's definitely had like its highs and lows to say the least. But like, tell me like two years ago that I would have done everything that I've done now. Even speaking to Ian Wright, like, wow. <laughs> it's not that big a deal
0: Tills. It's, it's more a bigger deal when, there's, when people hear this that I'm speaking to you. The more of these I do, it makes me feel even more just privileged to be able to sit down and listen to your stories because you are proper heroes what you do. Listen to that school. Listen to what they're saying at that school. They've done a curriculum on you, Tilly. (laughs) I've never had a curriculum. I don't deserve (laughs) to be called a hero. I'll be following you. Make sure you follow me as well, Tilly.
2: I will. Don't worry about it. Definitely will.
0: What can I say, ladies? But Thank you so much. Thanks very much, Sarah, for sharing the story. Thank you so much, Tilly, for your wonderful, inspirational story. You are truly an everyday people hero. Thank you so
1: much. Thanks,
0: Ian. Speak to you again. Next time on Everyday People, breaking new ground with Ref JJ. Do you call people over? All the time. What's the, what kind of things do you say?
1: So, I-, <laughs> I, 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 I
0: And you're so small, you're looking up to- <laughs> I'm
1: so small. Do you know how long it takes them to come to me? <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, number nine, can you come here, please? And they look around. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, the short lady just called you. You better did, come. Did you say no, that? No, I'm saying that in my yeah. head. I'm like, you better come.
0: If you like what you've heard so far and think you've got an amazing story to tell, I'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at everydaypeopleatsomethingelse.com. That's everydaypeopleatsomethingelse.com without the G. Everyday People is a Something Else production hosted by me, Ian Wright, produced by Jade Scott. Our assistant producer is Grace Laker. Our executive producer is Ollie Wilson. Sound and mix engineer is Josh Gibbs. With thanks to Chris Skinner and Steve Ackerman.